0: Today's episode is sponsored by the Florida Brewers Guild 2020 Craft Beer Festival on Saturday, March 7th. Join the Florida Brewers Guild for their annual event and enjoy over 300 beers from over 70 Florida breweries at Perry Harvey Senior Park in beautiful downtown Tampa, Florida. Tickets start at just $45 for general admission, which includes a commemorative glass and unlimited samples from some of Florida's best brewers. Go with a VIP ticket for $65 and get one hour early admission to the festival. Buy yours now by going to unitedwedrink.com guildfest. The festival celebrates everything great about the brewing culture of the Sunshine State and is one of our personal favorite festivals of all time. So be sure not to miss this amazing event. Buy your tickets now at unitedwedrink.com guildfest. Must be 21 to attend. Enjoy responsibly. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the host's employers, coworkers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show.
1: Because uh, there aren't enough beer podcasts in the world, welcome to United We Drink.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another mini episode of the United We Drink podcast right here on unitedwedrink.com and wherever fine podcasts are found. My name's Mike. I'm joined by both Joel and Phil here today for this fine uh, 15 to 20 minutes of our lives. How you guys doing?
2: I just had a alert, so
1: I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. Nice to see you guys.
0: Joel, are you going to have another?
1: I have another,
2: so (laughs) let's see how this conversation goes.
0: All right. Well, uh, last episode, we talked about beer fests and uh, had some great conversation points about that, and we got some uh, people sending in some questions to us uh, kind of following up on some of that. So we're going to utilize those questions for our Q&A this week. Um, So how about we jump right into that, And we'll start off with, how do you guys select the beers that you're going to pour at a festival? We'll start with Joel.
2: So I'm in a non-distributing brew pub, so the stuff I'm pouring is not going to be in cans. It's not going to be in bottles. It's not going to be in any sort of package you could find at the store. So don't worry about looking for any of that kind of branding. Um, And what I usually try to do, at least at the brewery I'm at now... Is bring something light because you know, a lot of times these festivals can be like dick measuring contests, everybody's got to have the crazy thing and and you know, show how you know, whatever they are. But um people really respond well to my Blondale. I mean, it's my bestseller at the Brew Pub, and if the festival's on a hot day or something like that, it's light, it's refreshing, it, it's a nice change of pace from 4,000 IPAs and Imperial Stouts in the Florida sun. Um, and, you know, we get some really good feedback on it. I still think a lot of these festivals are attended by, you know, you know, we talked about on the last episode, kind of, uh, I, I don't know what the the phrase is, but, you know, just sort of coming of age. I don't know, like, uh, you know, going to these festivals and, and trying new things and, and learning new styles and stuff like that. So I, I still feel like a lot of these festivals are attended by newcomers to beer or novices, um. And, you know, I, I like to give them something approachable. Um, I'll usually, I mean, I realistically, I only have the capability of pouring two beers at once because I only have two draft sticks. I don't have a jockey box or anything like that. And I don't do festivals very often. So we don't really have the need for all the equipment and shit. But, um, you know, usually it's, you know, something like my blonde and my porter, blonde and IPA, um, brown ale, stuff like that. Phil? Phil?
1: So I look at it from a few different angles. One, what's new, maybe what's hitting the market, um, what's hot, innovation that we possibly have. Um, depending on the festival, is there a theme to the festival? So if it's a sour festival, obviously I'm going to bring a sour beer. Um, and, and in the past, if it's like an extreme festival, I'd actually try and shoot on the extreme opposite so you would bring a most people are going to bring 10 12 13% beers i'd try and find something extreme to bring under 4% um and and keep it sessionable i always did that when i knew that i would be showing up to a festival with a bunch of stouts i would intentionally bring something lighter and easier to drink um to highlight the drinkability of that actual beer um outside of that i would say what's fun. And then I always look at core. I think it's always important to pour, like Joel said, your most approachable beer, the beer that maybe you're most known for and go from there. Obviously you're sort of limited to what you can and can't do if you're going to pour draft or if you're going to pour package, you can't have 15 beers on a table that just makes it uh, very hard to maneuver and guide. Um, So I look at it. I look at each beer festival as a little bit different. I have been asked, like, hey, I saw you at this last beer festival and you brought four completely different beers or you brought three completely different beers from what you're offering today. And I intentionally do that as well just to make sure that every time you swing by my tent, you're trying something different and it's not the same five beers over and over and over again.
2: And I don't want to bring you something like some crazy one-off that – Let's say you really enjoy it or you just really like the brewery, uh, you know, the other beers and and you want to come check out the brewery. Like, I don't want to give you something that you're not going to be able to find later. And, you know, being in the brew pub, it's like, I I don't really have core brands anyway. I got a couple things that are on all the time, but it's, you know, we don't package, we don't distribute it. it. It's not that crazy. So, you know, while I'd love to, you know, bring something super awesome and blow you away, i I also don't want to disappoint you once you come to the brew pub and you're like, Oh, you don't have that thing you had at the festival. Like I'm not trying to go nuts with it. You know what I mean? I want you to go, here's what we are. Here's what we offer. Like, this is what we're about. And you know, this is what you can expect if you come see us.
0: Uh, I, I think from both of you guys, I can take a lot of the same stuff. Uh, I also look at uh, what I'm pouring from. Do I, am I, going to be doing package am I going to be doing draft if I'm doing draft am I using a four faucet uh, jockey box or a two faucet jockey box Um, if I'm using like a four I definitely want to have something core at least one thing on there uh, because there are going to be people who are familiar with you who like your your core stuff Uh, maybe even do two core items and then have seasonal things special things uh, for the other ones what type of fest definitely helps dictate a lot of that as well. Um, There are some fests that are are much smaller and like not to try to screw an an attendee out of anything. Sometimes it's easier to just take all package and uh, just have all cans and a trash can that you can throw all of your uh, cans into and then recycle them afterwards. Um, It it really does depend on the type of festival, but I like to try to mix in core and specialty uh, things in there in a a nice way. Um, But I do get what Joel's saying is like putting something on that then if a person learns about you for the first time, they go to your location and see that that's not on. It is kind of disappointing to them. And uh, you don't want to disappoint your customers like that. Um, Question number two. What are the best practices that you've seen by breweries, organizers uh, and so on uh, for a beer fest, Phil?
1: I really like it when the or, I mean I like it when the organizers give meal tickets to the brewers and feed them. Typically, the brewers are volunteering their time be it four hours, six hours, assume 30 minutes to set up, to an hour to set up, an hour to tear down. So I think feeding your brewers or your uh, volunteers is always important. Another thing that I really like that um, we did in the past at Jupiter Craft Brewers Festival was they had the local charity walk around and the organizers donated X amount of money to Surfers for Autism and everyone got a bracelet back in the day. And it was like, hey, thanks for coming out. The organizers donated X amount of money. Everyone gets a bracelet for Surfers for Autism. If anybody asks about your bracelet, send them over to our booth. Um, I thought that was cool. Little things to just make sure that the, the people that are putting forth their time or show that they're appreciated and taken care of. Um, Mike, you brought up in the last episode, Brewers Only Bathrooms. Those are Awesome very very clutch when it comes to uh Mm -hmm. keeping keeping your brewers happy so things of that nature i've seen vip areas and stuff like that um hotel rooms also help in my opinion if it's a traveling beer festival and you're um you know your brewers are flying out there and pouring their beer in maybe a different state or region
0: Yeah, those uh, definitely are great perks. I'll even go one step further and say take care of your volunteers. A lot of these festivals are run on volunteers uh, who are not getting paid. Um, Give them a meal uh, as well because they're out there probably a lot of times earlier than even we are to set up. They're there later breaking down and giving a whole lot of their time. Uh, to you for no fee at all, so it would be nice for you to throw them a meal, I think as well. Um, other than that, uh, water stations gotta have water stations. I, I, it's crazy to me that there this isn't a thing that's like state mandated, like by law. If you have a beer fest, that you have to have water stations, but I, I think that they're absolutely crucial to helping keep people. Uh, hydrated out there and safe.
2: And speaking of water, one best practice I really like to see that I feel like I'm seeing more and more lately is not from the organizer standpoint, but from the brewers themselves. I've seen a lot of them implementing little glass rinsers in their draft setups. So they'll have a keg of water or something ready and will actually rinse your glass before serving the festival beer to you, which I think is really cool. I, I think I saw... Might have been toppling Goliath at GABF one year. They were just—they had like these squirt bottles or something. The they, old like hand the,
0: sanitizer bottles.
2: Like, like the yeah, those yeah. pump bottles that they were at least, you know, trying to rinse because, like I said in the last episode, it's it's like dirty two ounce cups that every beer is getting into, and even if you shake the beer out. Or, you know, like really hit it on that dump bucket. I mean, there's still some residue in there. And, you know, you're you're dedicating all your time to this festival. You're there on the weekend. You're probably donating the beer. You want to have it represented as best as possible. So cleaning the cup is actually a, a huge step toward doing that. You know, someone could have just had an imperial stout and now they're coming for your Kolsch. And it's like it's just not going to taste the way it should if that glass isn't rinsed.
0: Yeah. And uh, using your beer to rinse out someone's glasses, wasting your own beer.
2: Right. Good point.
0: Um, last question here. What do you think about time tappings? Uh, I'll kick this off. It's it's tough for me. Uh, I, I kind of dig them and I kind of don't uh, at the same time, I will kind of just go by what the, the festival allows. If they're cool with time tappings, I think one or two time tappings is kind of a fun thing to get people, uh, excited about your booth and come back over when uh, those beers come on but i completely get a festival that says no time tappings every beer that you pour has to be available from start to it being over i'm i'm completely cool with that too give everybody the same opportunity to get your beers um so yeah it's i'll go with whatever the festival allows me to do
2: I get it. And I know why breweries do it. And I've even been a part of it at a previous brewery. It's just for me, personally, I'm, I'm not into it. I don't feel like I would want to do that to somebody, make them wait in line or tell them to come back at two o'clock. I, somebody comes to my booth for a beer. I mean, I want to give it to them. And I just... I re- I recall vividly like having to tell people like oh sorry that's three o'clock that's four o'clock and they just they kind of get disappointed and they walk away and like you you don't see them for the rest of the day. I don't want to make people wait in line for twenty minutes. Like I just want everybody to have a good time and enjoy our stuff. I mean, it, there are so many breweries and so many festivals now. Like the, there's a chance people will just kind of like look at your booth. And go, ah, I'll try the next one. Like for them to come up to you because they're definitely not going to hit every single one that day. And, you know, you want to impress everybody as much as you can and, and, you know, get your beer out there. And I just I don't personally like the idea of telling someone, no, you have to come back.
1: I think sometimes they're a necessity when you only have a two two head jockey box and maybe you want to serve four beers on draft. um, That 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 is when I'm okay with it, when it's just to create um artificial hype and I used to I used to do time tappings just simply because I'd bring a five gallon keg to a beer festival and I knew it was gonna blow really quick. So I made sure to put it at a specific time. So if you wanted it, you could start your line on the side and you know you could guarantee yourself a sample of my peach flavored IPA or whatever you know beer that possibly was. And I, I felt that it was more of a fair way to make sure that people could try the beer. But it was also at a necessity because I only had two, three, you know, draft heads. Um, and I had two of them running the entire time with core beers. And then my rotational beers just sort of went on. And if they're timed, then at least, you know, like, OK, at two o'clock, they're going to put this on, not once this kicks i'm gonna put this on because who knows that beer that's on line three might not necessarily kick throughout the day
0: you just reminded me of peach hungarian oak ipa that you guys did at cigar city oh that was (laughs) such a good beer
1: (laughs) that beer also flew at that beer festival
0: yeah all right so good questions uh if you want to send in a question for us to address on a future mini episode, you can do so. Hit us up on our social media. Uh, you can go to unitedwedrink.com slash contact. Use the contact form. Reach out to us individually on our social media, in person, snail mail, if you know our addresses. How the fuck did you get that? Uh, it's really creepy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, send them over. We'll read your questions on a future episode. All right time for recommendations uh phil what do you recommend for people this week
1: i am going to recommend a beverage that i meant to crack into on the last episode but i had to wait a week and actually crack into it now the hop hoppy refresher from lagunitas it is a zero alcohol hop beverage um it actually has uh just potassium in it um and the ingredients are pretty simple it's water dried hops nutritional brewer's yeast and uh natural flavors um there's no sugar in it no no sugar no sodium uh no protein no fat no calories a little bit of vitamin d which everybody needs in their life zero iron zero calcium and 65 milligrams of potassium so it's really good. It's, uh, it's the, the LaCroix, uh, it's a hoppy LaCroix, uh, or <laughs> seltzer water. And, uh, it may be my new seltzer.
0: Interesting. I'll, I'll have okay. to keep an eye out for, for that and try it. Cause I definitely love me some bubbly water.
1: Yeah, it's good.
0: It's good. Uh, I'm going to recommend the outsider on HBO, uh, the new uh, Steve, uh, based on the Stephen King novel. Uh, I think we're <coughs> six or seven episodes in right now, and uh, it's been a it's been a weird show, but really enjoyable. I talked about before enjoying Castle Rock, even though not directly a Stephen King show, based in the Stephen King universe. Uh, this show has a really good cast, and uh, the story is is weird, creepy, keeps you guessing as to what's going on, and uh, I really enjoy that. Joel? Uh,
2: I recommend um, a Netflix comedy special I just saw the other night. Uh, it is Ronnie Chang. Uh, the name is called Asian Comedian Destroys America. Uh, really good. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I've got a pretty high bar for comedy. So, uh, I heard a lot of comedian podcasts that I listened to talking to each other about it and recommending it. He's kind of got that like pissed off comedian vibe. He rants on a lot of things. It, it was, it was really enjoyable. I was pleasantly surprised. So check it out.
0: Uh, you'd never heard of him prior to it or heard any of his stuff prior to it? No,
2: when it comes to comedy, yeah, I've never I, heard I, of I, him. I, so I was just curious. Yeah. So. No, I I, I kind of keep myself in a, a little bubble when it comes to comedy. I, I, it's just the way I am. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical of newcomers.
0: <laughs> All right. Good recommendations, everyone. And uh, for this week's United We Playlist, Spotify Playlist, Joel is up. What can people expect from this playlist?
2: Hair metal, baby. Oh. oh. I'm... Uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, it seems like there's been more and more in the media lately about the uh uh third Bill and Ted movie coming back this summer and I'm just I'm amped up for it. I'm going back and listening to the old classics and the Bill and Ted soundtracks and it's uh it's funny like it's such bad music but it was exactly what was big like the year I got into music when I was young and like kind of a pivotal time for me so it always holds a dear place in my heart and uh, I'll be giving you some of that
0: awesome uh, if you're on Spotify and you want to check out uh, Joel's playlist or any of our past playlists go to unitedwedrink.com slash Spotify and it will take you to our uh, Spotify account you can follow us there and follow all of our playlists um, I think that about does it here for this mini episode. Check out our social media: Instagram, Twitter, at United We Drink, at United We Drink Pod on Instagram. Um, buy a shirt, sticker, button at our web store, UnitedWeDrink.com/slash/store. We'll be back next week for a brand new episode where we'll be talking about beer competitions, and uh, we'll catch you then. Cheers. Cheers. See you. I'm surprised you haven't heard about me. You know, I got a bad reputation. Sometimes I just go nuts like now.